Welcome to the Boost Podcast with me, Graham Farmer, and today I welcome Richard Green. He's a founder and CEO of Event. Event is a an online system that allows you to promote your your events to multiple publishers across the globe. The company publishes events on, on a network of events listing site offering service in over 139 countries worldwide. Richard is a self-professed man on a mission to create affordable and effective local event marketing. He speaks on the topic of local events, music industry, and how he's committed to artists and the music creators needing needing a full event. I really enjoyed this conversation. I've known Richard for a long time, so it's good to catch up with him and got his tips for promoting events as well. Let's jump into it. Hey, Richard. I'm good. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. My 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 very pleasure. Known you way too long not to say now, Graham. Yeah, so yeah, obviously I've known you a while, and um, we're uh, I guess partners on the on that we, we used you were your plugin for our data transmission. Um, so let's for those people who don't know who you are, just can you introduce yourself and kind of talk through who you are and what you do and how we kind of connect, I guess. Well, my name is Richard Green. I'm the CEO and founder of a of a platform called Event.com, and we help events creators promote their events by syndicating content across over four and a half thousand event listing sites. Met Graham in the industry when we were uh, getting into music and uh, targeting artists. And uh, one of my first clients around that time was was Pasha, Nightclub in Ibiza. So that kind of leads us into how this all got going. Yeah, so um, tell us about the platform. Uh, I know it from a, from a from a from my end where it kind of we all, we have a plugin and it provides all the listings to data transmission. So if you've been on data transmission, then you'll see your lovely plugin and it providing with every event listing we've got. Um, from your end, I guess it's a lot bigger system. So let's. Yeah, well, the, we we started seven years ago, and the mission yep. was to enable an events creator a DJ, an artist, to be able to submit their own event once. And then what we did is we basically um, mapped that event based on category and location, whether it be a drum and bass night in Huddersfield or a, uh, a dance night in, in Nottingham or you know even the club scene in, in Ibiza. Based on the category and location of the event, we simply map that event to all relevant listing sites and then we syndicate it out. And that means we just publish it out. Yep. Uh, about five years in, we kind of capped out on the amount of sites that were available. We could see there was a demand in the market to provide calendars and data that we had. People wanted these events that we were holding inside the system. So we built uh, an event calendar product. And you can today go to our platform, download, you know, sign up as a partner, download a, uh, or get a calendar plugin, stick it on your site. And if you look at data transmission today, you've got all relevant events for the market and if anyone wants to come to DT and actually submit their events they can do in a click and if they want to get beyond your site to Skiddle and all of the listing sites relevant to the categorization we provide that as a service that's what we do as a, as a business yeah and uh, how many are, are you still at the total you know, what's the total amount of sites now that you're hitting because it must be uh, yeah we're up to about 4,600 so the, the headline Amazing. was well, we, we got a bit we got a bit tight in the UK got an office in, in London but we I moved the business set up a team in the US uh, and we, we, we were about 3,900 and then we went to the States and we started providing calendars to newspapers, radio stations and television stations in the US. Yep. So 4,600 today in terms of total number of sites that we syndicate to. It's 96, 97% of the entire global market. And if you've got an event operating anywhere in the world, we cover 139 countries. So Tokyo, Singapore, 
Australia or US, anywhere. Uh, you know, we pretty much pretty much mapped the entire world for an event submission to promote an event anywhere that you're running one, basically. Holy shit, that's loads now. Yeah, it's a lot. That's the, and and the, are you still based in London? Because I remember I remember first night you had that little office in near North London somewhere. Well, we had uh, we moved around. Yeah, we had a couple of offices in uh, in Soho, in central London. So yep. we, were, we we kind of spun around that area. It was nice and easy for moving equipment. Uh, and we've recently moved uh, an office last year in August to uh, Los Angeles. So I've got a team in LA. I've got people in uh, Austin and Houston. But today, uh, I'll try and get your picture. Uh, I'm in uh, I'm on the island of Ibiza. We're just here for Christmas, so we're trying <laughs> to get uh, away from the rat race. And it's uh, it's pretty nice here out of season. I'll be honest. Are you uh, are you have you got the team there with you? No, no, no. I took. I, had, I actually took the team out. We were in uh, Tulum. Kind of picked up on Tulum because of the uh, the, the, zero, the the zero day festival, something like that. That's right. And yeah. uh, I was out with the team. Yeah, I was out with the team for a week in Tulum uh, last week, and I just flew uh, from Cancun into Ibiza direct via Madrid. So uh, yeah, I've only just only just been here a couple of days. I'm still a bit, bit jet lagged. <laughs> um, cool. And then so from a from a system point of view. I mean, I know how easy it is. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, if you're promoting an event, it's, it's pretty simple. You just click through, click through, click through, click through. You know, it's, it's, an, it's, it's very good for promoting events. You know. Um, well, the, well, the challenge with event marketing, if you go and look at someone, who, if, if you, if there's, if anyone out there is doing an event, like if you're a DJ, an artist, if you've got an event happening, it's really simple. You are under pressure to make sure it's full. If you're smart, you've gone and created a ticketed event because obviously knowing who's coming or at least collecting the cash for who's coming is important. But if you're an event that's organized, the moment that you've said you're going to be at a venue on a day doing a gig and you could put yourself four, eight or 12 weeks in between now and then, you're under a lot of pressure. You've got very little budget. Generally, the artist doesn't want to spend any money. The promote the the uh, agency doesn't want to spend any money, and the venue definitely doesn't want to spend any money. So it's like there's not, you know, how do you make that event successful? Our mm -hmm. service, to some extent, removes that problem. Uh, it's affordable. It's not like thousands of dollars. It starts at like twenty-five bucks today to get an event in and out. And what we're what we That's what cool. we have today is syndication. But what we're working on is what I would class as, a, as an agency-level campaign. Uh, the mission for next year is from a single event submission. Uh, and again, in New York, for example, if you were to run a, a DJ event or a, a live music event in New York today and you were to submit that through one of our newspaper clients, uh, you can submit an event, be listed on that newspaper instantly. You can be featured on that, on that channel. Uh, we syndicate out between 80 and 100 listing sites today for an event. Uh, and in New York, at the Metro New, New York newspaper, you can, you'll physically get your event in the paper the week of your event. We're actually reverse publishing to print. So wow. mine. My ambition is, and that's like 145 bucks to be in the paper and all of that digital value. So my mission is to replicate what would happen if you, if you had the time and money to work in an agency for an affordable amount of cash. And, and next year, when you start looking at maybe October, September next year, you'll be able to submit, get listed, syndicate. We've already integrated email. We're looking at SMS. I think Messenger's going to be mad, mad big next year because Facebook owns WhatsApp. Instagram, Facebook Messenger, and advertising is going to start to appear in Messenger, intuitive words, highlighting. So if you're talking about going to a, a drum and bass night locally, the phone will know you're local, the words will, will talk that story between you and your mate, and those words will start to highlight, highlight and up, update with ads. So we're trying to figure out how to really make this one of the best event marketing tools in the market. And all you have to be able to do is fill out a event, an ad event form, a promote, and you know, the form that requires the information, title, the bit that I just don't know, title yep. description, 
price, capacity, location. If you can get me those bits of information, what we do is we figure out how to get it everywhere and to make that financial figure of cost as, as affordable as possible. In fact, we're trying to get that price to constantly come down as we, as we grow out the channel because we think ultimately, uh, you know, budgets are tight today for events and they're constant. Like an average events organizer, even, even the church market in the States, uh, they're spending anything from a grand eight to at least $3,000 a year. That's quite a lot for an events promoter. However, if it works and fills a, fills a venue, then, you know, it's priceless. That's how we look at it. Yes, exactly. That's interesting you say about Messenger growing even further because obviously they're changing the platform a little bit and stopping people doing certain things. But that's interesting you're saying it's going to grow and include ads and keywords. And that's crazy. Well, you know, Facebook. Uh, Facebook's, a, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a problem. Uh, it's a solution. It's a problem. Um, you know, we've, we've watched it politically um, make some bad decisions uh, in terms of advertising. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a beast. You know, today I'd say one of the most prominent tools on the market is not email or Twitter or Facebook. It's the messenger within mm, our, you, you know, we're on messenger all the time. We create groups, we talk. It's actually most people prefer to send you a message than, than phone you today. Like that's your wife all the way down to your, to your, your mum. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's massive. And I agree. Facebook have, uh, they opened up like four years ago when we set up event, five years ago, the API for events was available. They just shut that down and then gave that out to Eventbrite and Ticketmaster on a, on a relationship basis, which I still think is wrong. I don't think that's a very fair way to work in the, in the market. Uh, but they're doing the same thing with Messenger. They've opened up the back end of Messenger to select groups. Mm -hmm. uh, and those groups, those big advertising groups are looking at our conversations. And today, uh, if I was on Messenger Talk to you, Graham, you know, they'd know I was in Ibiza. And if we were talking about drum and bass nice in Huddersfield, more than likely that, you know, those words like the word advertising of Google AdSense, uh, the words on your messenger are going to start to, you know, be sold uh, and advertisings are going to be there. And if you click on it, then you get solutions that are right within a conversation. Like, fuck, it's better than better than just you know talking about wanting to go on holiday on Google and getting 10 pages of results getting that information right at the point of communication like that's pretty that's pretty aggressive and that that's going to be huge next year and and the, and the other thing is that it's being delivered by Facebook and all three of the mainstream messengers are owned by Facebook so um, that's that's going to be huge next year what you know mark my words on that I do love that. I do love, I do, I, lo I like it when you talk about something and, and then a little bit later it comes up on Facebook. I love that that saves me so much time and reminds me that things like that. Uh, loads of people moan about it, but I think it's just a t massive time saver. Like if I'm talking to you and I forget and I forget that I've had that conversation, then about half an hour later something pops on Facebook and goes, here, this is, here's, it, here's your drum and bass event in Huddersfield. I'll be like, great. I've remembered yeah, it. Brilliant. Forget about it. <laughs> brilliant. Buy a ticket. Yeah, I'll buy a ticket right now. I forgot, I forgot we were having that discussion, but brilliant. Well, saves the so much. Well, the sad news there about that, the, the, there's a few, like, there's many threads on this really, but if you look at Facebook and Google last year went after the event discovery market and they produced an events app uh, and it's not really on a lot of people's phones. It hasn't been, it wasn't very good. Facebook's events app and uh, Google's event app. I have to say, I recently looked at the Facebook events discovery app and it is a lot better than it was. It's uh, still though, the content is mostly submissions within the network and majority of, and it's been and it, the most the majority of the data being supplied is via Eventbrite, so oh, yeah, there's still a little bit of a mini monopoly going on around Facebook's 
product and it still sits within a closed network of a Facebook user. Um, mm -hmm. And just to put it into perspective, uh, Eventbrite, which is a $2 billion company today, uh, last year they, they, they publicly announced on their investor decks that they, they did uh, 3.9 million events. The market size in the US alone for events locally is about 65 million. So Eventbrite only really has 6% of the US market, yet they're still a $2 billion company. So wow. what that really tells me as an organization is events, ev ticketed events, and also event discovery has still not been fixed. And yeah. that's something that we're going after big time next year. Like uh, if Eventbrite, Eventbrite's got 6% of the market, that's 94% still untapped on what <laughs> right. is, is basically ticketing and accountable event marketing. So uh, we're going after that big time next year just by going after newspapers, TV and radio, because I think that's where the volume is. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's also where there's like a technical skill, lack of understanding of the value of ticketing. At the end of the day, you know, we, we talk about ticketing in today's events marketing environment. But actually, me and you, mate, we go back to a day when you had a guest list and people paid on the door. It, it yeah. You know, it's like ticketing is merely just a collection of names and some cash up front. It, it's, it sounds complicated to the, uh, the common man, uh, common man, common woman. But actually, it's really quite basic. It's a list, it's the, it's the list of people that have said they're going to come with intent and they've yes. paid something up front and it's more than like they'll turn up and if they don't who cares because you've got their cash anyway it's almost one of those so um yes. even 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 free events i would still do a ticket for a free event just so i can see how many people are interested in coming absolutely that's your birthday mate you know even if you're not charging on the door <clears throat> you still want to know who's coming and if they're not coming you want to be able to and chase up the people that you think should be coming and continue to persuade them i think every event has a capacity mm -hmm. every event uh absolutely should have a registration uh, ticketing in fact if you were to go you not see this in the uk on your on your uk site right now because we're still working through it in the us but if you were to go to any of our 900 event calendars in the states that we power on news radio tv channels and, and submit an event we now we now provide ticketing default to one so right. if you provide me an event that's got a capacity and a price to entry even that could be a church event where they mm -hmm. don't they don't know any better it's like five dollars and there's 300 people coming we will automatically produce a ticketed page and link that we add to all that marketing activity that we do for our client and our objective is to get that person to 300 tickets or registrations for free confirmed before that event happens because there's nothing better than a full event so no exactly we're starting to do that in the states as a, as a default to on on ticketing and i think i'd love to do that uh, in the UK, you know, and I don't mind who would do it with. I'd happen to do it with Skiddle. I don't, you know, we're not a ticketing company, but we think ticketing is an important component of event marketing. Would you, would you, would you work with a direct ticketing company for them for the UK? Yeah, sure. Uh, we're not a ticketing company. Uh, what we do is event marketing, and right. we think ticketing is an important component, um, and we just make sure it's inclusive within our workflow. That's because we class ourselves as a marketing advisory as part of that platform, we provide people submission workflows that are inc that include lots of marketing activities that we provide that's our that's what we that's our, that's what we provide as a service that that insight ticketing is essential uh mm -hmm. we're not ticketing and we you know we we are my ambition next year we've got uh, eventbrite inside our workflow we've just put a white label as a default to on in the us for the whole us market uh, i'd like to get up to sort of another five or six ticketing companies inside there to tap into their communities for marketing but also enable people to to choose ticketing for them for example, a running event in the States, they'd probably, it's probably better to recommend Active Network, which is a, which is a sports ticketing company. 
if you were doing a, a music event in the UK, maybe we should be using Skiddle because that's more relevant to the UK market. So I think ticketing doesn't have to just be default to anything. There's definitely advantages of putting your ticketing through ticketing companies that have a expertise in a certain field or category or location because then you get added value in those markets. So strategically right. essential. Uh, who you use, it's category and location specific is what I would advise. And we're trying to make that invisible in our workflow. But so a lot more to do on ticketing next year. That sounds amazing. I remember I remember I was trying to do ticketing a long time ago and I went to New Zealand and there was there, the big ticketing company there was there and I was like, well, why don't I just work with you because you're already doing it here and it already works here and that's essentially the same situation. Just you plugging into the right ticketing person for the right country and the right and the right audience. That's smart, man. That's well cool. Yeah, it's uh, you know I mean I think I think we report I think we have an internal uh, document on number of ticketing companies worldwide. We have a list of all of them, and there's three thousand on that list. And some <laughs> come and go, yeah, uh, and some are very resilient. Like Ticket Taylor was was recently. I don't know if you know those guys, but Ticket Taylor in London, they, those guys have fixed fees and they charge very little and they're a very affordable service. And they've been around now, because I knew them, I knew them back in 2002. And they've mm -hmm. been around now nearly a decade and they're, they're starting to pop up on, on investor documents for like Eventbrite as part of other companies in their space. So that's an interesting one. Skiddle, I love those guys. They, they, work, they work really hard. They've got a decent product. And yeah, and you, and you, know, you start to look into the market. There's lots and lots of ticketing products around the world. Um, and what I think you'll see next year, like you saw last year is, is, and the year before, Eventbrite's going to continue to just keep buying them because they, 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 that's their only way to grow right now. As a listed company, uh, the only way to grow is to buy more ticketing companies, to acquire more customers quickly, and then to potentially use products like ours to promote those tickets, to, to sell more tickets, to make more money. But uh, I, I can, you're definitely going to see Eventbrite buying more companies uh, next year. I think they bought Ticketfly last year, didn't they? That was one of them that, that they bought. Yes, they did. So they're basically just on a massive user user acquisition, aren't they? Yeah, there was the uh, there was the uh, company out of Amsterdam that they bought the year before. That was a ticket script. That was a big one. That's right. Uh, ticket Fly. I really like that company. I actually met the CEO and founder on a call once. He was super switched on. But I think you know he sold out. I don't know if he sold that too early, but he, he definitely sold that and made a bit of cash. Mm -hmm. uh, but you'll see more consolidation in the ticketing market next year. Um, I'm not. I'm, we're, we're not getting into it yet, but you never know. Uh, I'm, what you normally find in, in our space, like as a technology platform, we work, we integrate with email, we integrate with social, we're integrating with ticketing. We have a lot of relationships that we build, and uh, I'm always, I'm always quite happy if, if someone drops off the off the off the grid, but they're fully integrated into our platform. I've bought three companies to date. It's always quite nice if you've got a company that's doing a good job that just can't access the market like we already have access to. You know, when a company goes down. Uh, you know, we bought you know we bought a number of companies that 1.2 million in. You pick them up for three grand off of the uh, liquidators. It's just an easy, wow. an easy uh, technology step up. Uh, so that's that. I'm definitely open to stuff. I'm not buying good companies that are out there winning. I'm just going to buy companies that fail who, within our ecosystem, have access to channel, event creators, and and, and a bigger toolkit. But uh, ticketing is one of those. I'm, I'll probably not build it. I'll definitely work with the market. But if if there was one that was awesome that fell 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 down, fell short. I would be more than happy to, to roll in ticketing. I think it's uh, it's an essential part of marketing. You, you know, you can't market without um, without manage. You can't you can't market something without managing its the results. If, you, if you're not if you're not monitoring the result, then you're not marketing effectively. And ticketing is ultimate the ultimate way of managing and marketing an event to a, an ROI. So uh, very important. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. 
Um, and you said about SMS. Um, it seems a lot of people are now diving back into SMS. Um, and it's cheap. <laughs> it's really? become very cheap. Yeah, it used to be very expensive, and actually, I think it used to be ten pence a, a, a message before, mate. Back in the old day when Vodafone were running it, uh, but you can get massive bundles of SMS now because they know that they've lost the market to to Messenger. So yeah, it's super cheap. Oh, is that why they is that why they're doing it? Because I see this platform community launching in the states, and that looked quite cool. And I see loads yeah. of people using it, and, and it's super cheap, is it? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's a few things. It's it's going to go down the GDPR route. Uh, you know, I dare to say that word. There's a load of uh, uh, restrictions and uh, there's a lot of restrictions happening in the States following on from GDPR in Europe, which is just an aggressive, like, it's an aggressive legislation. It's an overly aggressive legislation that's, I think, in, almost impossible to, to manage. Uh, but I think what's happened is uh, email has become a little bit uh, numb to people. You know, you, we get so, I get so many emails in the morning. I, I'm, I probably delete 30, 40% of my emails because they're spam. Mm -hmm. when they're not even meant to come through. And if I spam block them, they still fucking arrive in a week. So it's like, it's, it's a useless <laughs> process. You know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, You've got, you got the unroll product for anyone out there that has got a lot of emails coming in that spam. And I'm sure everyone on this on this podcast probably does. If you sign up to enroll, uh, I love that one. It tells you, I think I was enrolled in at least three and a half thousand sites. It tells you who oh, you've got your emails subscribed to. I was on that. Unroll me. Yeah, it's unroll.me, yeah. isn't it? Do you know? Do you know? I I, I did that. Um... It's taken me three years to unenroll myself on the free service, but it does tell you exactly who everyone is. And uh, if you don't pay, you can eventually turn everyone off. But uh, that's a good one if you've got a lot of spam in your inbox. I oh uh, yeah, I, my I think mine's like nine thousand. <laughs> I, I think I, I think something stupid like that, and I was like. Do I even bother? Like, do I just start a new email address because it's just. I mean, I'm was, down to zero. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> not at night. I'm, I'm actually just logging in now to see what mine what actually was. I mean, what it was before. It was, so, it was something so ridiculous. Unroll, unroll, unroll me. Yeah, it's awesome. It, I was three and a half thousand. And every time, I, every time I remind myself about it, I go in and just, you know, frantically click it for half an hour. I'm down to zero now, so I've got That's no one, cool. no one sending me emails supposedly. But I'm sure that'll change tomorrow. Yeah, uh, but SMS is going to be the next one, I think. You know, Messenger, they've got a, uh, it's it's a little bit. You, you don't really want loads of messengers popping up, but weirdly, a little bleep and a text, if it's done right, it's quite nice. And I think what we're doing with ticketing specifically is when we sell a ticket, we're capturing the name of the person. Uh, we call, we have something we're building called Customer Bank, so we're catching the name of the person, mm -hmm. the uh, email address the mobile number we're capturing the date that the event that they're going to the category of the event they're going to and the location of the event and then what we're doing is we're actually monitoring how many tickets that they buy weekly mm -hmm. monthly yearly we're looking at how often they go to events and what we're trying to do is make an intuitive outreach message to people that might want to go to that event again like if you went to a Pasha event uh, in Sheffield, you know, and you were doing that once a month or once a quarter, if you didn't buy a ticket and you didn't go, knowing that you, you missed a quarter or a month, it would allow, we, you know, we want to speak to you. And I think uh, SMS is a really cool way of communicating how we've been using SMS is getting to people in that moment before the event. So, and this is what's cool about event marketing. You can use different marketing tools for different methods. Like, syndication of an event to lots of listing sites you do that three months before your event an email 
you do that maybe in the month on the weekly maybe the week before you an event but an sms an sms is powerful you get it's like a one shot so mm. what we've been using sms for is getting a message out to someone that's already bought a ticket hey you bought a ticket and we send it the day of the event and go look your this event's happening at six it's two o'clock don't forget here's a link to where it is here's a clickable link to, to uber and uh, by the way, if you if you arrive an hour early, it's you know it's 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 half price. It's happy hour. Or doing something with the event itself that that captures the customer and moves them. But SMS is one of those that if you use it in the right moment, uh, in the right way, I think it's very powerful. If you send people tons of SMSs all the time, it just becomes like anything else. You just want to turn it off. Yeah, that's really valuable. If you're if you're getting a day off and remind and here's a loop, but that's actually really valuable as opposed to come to my next event, which is just fucking spam and yeah. painful. And so, yeah, how are you doing that with Messenger? Because with Messenger, are you are you have you got your own link? Is that through your through the through the backend system? You can do that through Messenger, or are you are you using a sub? We're still or? we're still we're still working on Messenger. So Messenger's being opened up for their API to play with, but there's nothing much. Live Person is one of those products on the market where they've got a live messenger access through uh, Facebook. They're a big organization, so we're still looking at what we can what we're allowed to do. Uh, messenger for me what I think would be really cool with messenger is to create the group for an event that you're going to probably a bit hectic if it's like a Beyonce event and it's like 3,000 people <laughs> if you go into a if you're going to DC 10 on a Saturday like I recently went to a place and as I was as I was taxiing into Mexico to this place my phone beeped and it was like we, you know this is an invite to the group for this place that you're going to for the next week and i was like oh what's this and it's community and i and i go in mm -hmm. and there's a whole and you, you roll back on it you can see all of the things that they're talking about and i'm in a car and i'm just researching all right so that's going on that's going on don't you know don't fucking drink the water uh the wine's good uh this is the pro and i'm getting all this information and i'm like hello i'm in a cab my boy down and i'm starting to get advice come to this door go there do this and i'm like this is actually really useful yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Connect, I'm connected. I'm, I'm being connected to, a, to to real people who have got an interest like me to attending something. Because I'm on my way. I'm right there. And weirdly, once I got there, this my messenger group was something I leaned on every day. Like people would be like, "Oh, I, I, listen, we're all going to go to this place for dinner," and that meant the crowd went there. So when I got there, I had friends, just people that nice. were in that group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It became really valuable to me, and I was like, "That's cool." You know, when you when you go to events, like I see you go to events on your own. I just you know everybody, so that's easy, isn't it? Because you're popular. <laughs> but if I go to an event somewhere, else, I don't know anyone. So I've got to basically rely on technology to bring that together. So it's uh, you know, it's, I it's cool. I do go to events on my I do. Um, um, but... I've seen you, mate. Uh, I've seen you at events on your own. It's like fucking. It's like you're giving away tenants. Everyone just wants to have a chat with you. Oh, that's just that's just a lot of hard work in delivery young <laughs> over a load of years. But that's yeah. a lifetime's work, yeah. Yeah, that's just uh, I, I don't I love going to events on my own. I just go and stand, and sometimes I'm on my own. I just stand there chatting. I can I'll probably just stand doing work, but otherwise I'm I'll go and watch the music. It's cool. I'm sure, mate. The last time I saw you, you were in uh, in a beta at Space at the bar drinking a coat. I, I seem to think that's like that was your that was your moment, right? That's when I saw. It's like there's there's Graham at the bar. He's on a coke. And then I was like, and you were like, yeah, it's a coke. I was like, you were behaving yourself that night. Oh yeah, that's that. Well, either that was Space closing, and yeah. I did the whole thing sober just because. <laughs> I think I, it was Space closing. Yeah, I think I, I think because I got up for Space closing. I got up at like I didn't go to the start. I didn't go to the start of it. I went to bed on the Sunday night and then got up at like 
I think 5am or 4am, 5am and then went to space at 5am and then basically did the last from, well, by the time I got to space, it was like half five, got walked in the back way. So have to go through I seem to think Carl Cox was headlining. That seems to also... Yeah, that was, that'll be space close. Yeah, and then basically just did the, did the last, because I was there at six o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'll just do it all sober. I don't, I, you know, I don't need right, very to... Very sensible. I don't need to <laughs> drink or anything. I'm. It's basically, it's basically a gym workout. I'm just going for, it's just basically going for a dance and a gym workout for six hours, six hours of dancing. I might as well just do it sober. Uh, and then I don't come yeah. out feeling rough or drunk or I can just carry on my day afterwards. Yeah, mate. I saw I saw one of the, I saw one of the boys that had been not even home for three days that, in the same clothing, and then I saw you at the bar drinking a coke, and I was like, "This is this whole space thing. No wonder it's fucking closing." Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's it's, it's going it's going it's getting crazy down it. But it was a good night. Actually, the the Carl Cox set was, uh, was that was, was it was good. It was good. Yeah. I, ended up, I ended up texting my missus a picture from behind Carl's head at like yeah, seven mate. seven a.m. and she's like, <laughs> "You're ridiculous. You're annoying." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, I came out. I came out of there and literally had breakfast. It was hilarious. And there was people like hold, hugging a pint, like, and I'm sitting there plowing down breakfast. <laughs> I basically just danced for six hours and was starving. Um, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, so let's uh, obviously this podcast is to help DJs and uh, promoters and stuff get further in the industry. So if you're promoting an event in 2020, what are your biggest tips? Yeah, it's. Uh... It's challenging. I can tell you today that even in the likes of space, one of our clients is Pasha Rabitha, um, it's difficult promoting your event and standing out from the crowd. I think tip number one, your information that you put together about your event has to first stand out. doesn't matter what marketing tool that you use. If your event's not very good or the content that you're providing about your event's not very good, then really it's going to be impossible to attract people. So content writing you know before you start your marketing really think about what the keywords titles descriptions what's what's going to stand out as a reason why a consumer is going to want to go to that event that's my number one thing because a lot of people just get that wrong number two most people the bulk of the people attending your event are going to come from referrals so when we capture someone through marketing to come to your event, they're likely to speak to their friends, post that they're going to go on their social networks, and they start working for you. So mm-hmm. to some extent, uh, you know, when someone buys a ticket or you get a registration, don't just look at that and just and just ignore it. Get into them. You know, you can you can capture telephone numbers today. You can capture email addresses on a ticket. You can email them. You could stick them in a messenger group. You can send them a text message. Like. That's cool. Like if someone's attending, if someone said they're attending your event and to get a message back from the promoter or the DJ to connect you more closely with that event you're going to, that will ripple beyond mm. them into their community. Uh, in terms of marketing, well, you know, today, 4,600 event listing sites all over the web. I don't do a very good job. No one on this, on this podcast today will have a decent app on their phone, very unlikely. So mm-hmm. Google is, to me, still the number one search channel, 86%. And I'll repeat that, 86% of people who look for events on the web today, they start with a Google search. They look for a drum and bass event in Huddersfield on a date, and Google brings back the information. Now, our platform allows you to get one event in terms of that great information out to all listing sites. And realistically, all that we do simply is turn your content into highly searchable content on a listing site 
and then we do that across 50, 60, 70 listing sites and we get you the first page of Google. So I think getting the content right, remembering that the people that say they're coming, they're golden, you've got to get into them early, not just expect them to do all that work. Um, and you just if you can get to them and motivate them a little bit, they'll do. They're, they're the people that will fill out your event more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think the number one marketing method on the web today is still Google. Eighty-six percent looking for an event are on Google. Use the event platform, submit your content. We'll put it everywhere, and you'll get that indexing. And then after that, you're really down to just the usual stuff. You know, repeating the content through social, uh, repeating that content out through email. Uh, but definitely, one thing I see time and time again, people forget to collect telephone numbers, forget to collect email addresses from people who are attending their events. Like, it's so important. Build yourself a small CMS, uh, like a, 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 an Excel sheet, you know, say mm-hmm. CMS, like a customer management system or an Excel sheet or whatever, but, but collect that data, fill it out in, a, you know, in an Excel sheet and, you know, and, and communicate with it legally. Let them know that you want to talk to them because you've got, more events like the one that you've you, they've come to see, and if they don't want to know about it, they'll just unsubscribe. But if they do, then you've got you know one customer is important. You grow that out to a small base of people that you can regularly communicate with. Uh, that's how you get your event from being 30, 60 percent capacity, which is the average in the market, up to 90 and 100 percent. You know, build your audience. That's that would be my my top tips for for marketing those events. Do you are you? I've been looking into, what do you think of using Facebook uh, Pixel for market, um, check, tracking event marketing? Yeah, you know, Facebook's a monster, isn't it? I was watching the, the political and BBC this morning and, uh, you know, good old Boris Johnson sending five different ads into five different age groups and it's targeting the right kind of people. Sadly, he's spending two million and we don't have two million. The problem with, mm. with Facebook is it's incredibly targeted. If you want to target you know, a 21-year-old Swedish girl in London today, you could. And, and that's how powerful it is. But the thing that I really just can't quite get my head around still, uh, I don't see a lot. I see a lot of people buying the, the Facebook advertising. I see the average spend is around $400 an event, 400 quid an event, which is a lot. It's a lot mm-hmm. of money. Uh, and I also very rarely hear people go, well, actually, I'm spending this money targeting these people. They never normally talk to me about getting past impressions and clicks to the ticket sale and the amount of tickets they've sold and the amount of people that are coming. Because if you tell me you spent 400 quid on advertising and you then tell me you got four grand back in ticket sales, you're a winner. But mm. most people are like, well, I'm on Facebook, I'm running these ads, I've got all this impression information, all these clicks, but do they ever tell me about the ticket volume and the revenues? Very rarely I hear that end story. Mm. And, and it's regard, having a Facebook ad is like doing any other advertising. Like you could go and spend 300 quid with you today to send out, to get an alert in your email. It's all really, same same what's really important is getting those impressions and clicks to transfer into tickets registrations and ticket sales that equal cash mm. and if you can get on the right side of that you're you're a marketing genius if you can spend 10 percent on marketing 10 quid and get 100 dollars back in ticket sales then you just whatever that whatever you're doing to get that model keep doing it Mm. Uh, but just spending money on advertising, no matter what it is, and just thinking that it's cool to go, well, I spent this money and I got impressions or clicks. I'm not a big fan of that. At the end of the day, you can give me a million, you can give me a million bucks and I'll get you impressions and clicks in targeted <laughs> and, and relevant environments. But if no one's buying tickets, then it's just you spending money and me, me making money. So. Yeah, conversions is definitely the... Is conversions. Definitely... 
Fat Soma do a great job of that. You know, they've got a really nice way of uh, producing ticketing that they uh, help you sell through uh, friends and people who are going to events. I love their social model. Mm -hmm. It's not quite taken off as much as I would have liked it, but I think it's a really good concept. Uh, Skiddle do a great job of ticketing and their their reporting and accountability is, is phenomenal. Their reporting back office is really, really good. Um, but again, um, Facebook, it's 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 a piece of the puzzle. It's not the entire solution. I would never advise anyone that's running an event stick all of their dollars in it or their, all of their pounds in a single marketing channel. Try them all out, you know, just split your budget, spend some time on social, put some money into paid advertising on Facebook, use some email, get some money into DT for maybe a newsletter, like <laughs> that, drop that drop that spend out. But ultimately every channel that you that you set it out on. Make sure that you've got a tracked URL back to your ticketing and find out which of them are delivering your ticket sales. And ultimately, uh, if you've got a full event, it all works. But as you know, sometimes people just don't know where their, their ticket or their customers are coming from. And in today's digital marketing world, that's crazy. You know, we, we track a, uh, a customer down from an impression to a click from a channel. I can tell you where they're coming from, which papers they're coming from. Uh, and we take them all the way through to ticketing and registration. And, you know, we, 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 we have to be accountable for proving an ROI on marketing spend. Otherwise, people just wouldn't come back and buy advertising. It's 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 important. That's incredible. That's incredible you've grown that system so much now. Since I last I mean since I saw it when it first started, it's that's mad now. You've got all that, that information and that it does so much now. It's amazing. Well done, man. That's impressive. Well there's a lot more to do. Uh, the last year uh, the first five, six years, we were just trying to prove concept. The last year, we've been building distribution and publishing in the States. We think that's important for local. Mm -hmm. uh, we've, we're going to go into the next few quarters, increasing product range, ability to be able to SMS, messenger, emails in there, socials in there. We want to be able to create that campaign portfolio of services that's that cool. require no technical skill. But ultimately, the art of the delivery will be uh, putting that all of those tools together and creating the campaign and also making sure that it, it, it's affordable. Like at the end of the day, uh, an event comes and goes so quickly. We've got so many of them, you know, it's, 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 it's got to be affordable so you can promote all of your events. So we've got more work to do, but um, I've been doing this uh, seven years now. I think by the time we get to 10, we'll have a, 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 a platform that's, that's worthy of the market. But it's, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely tough out there promoting an event. It's, uh, it's, it's not easy. Yeah, it seems to be more and more coming and then more and more falling as well, which is never good to see. But, oh, yeah, I guess the best ones rise, I guess, which is good. Well, here in Ibiza, my friend, you know that they're still putting uh, they're still putting banners on, on uh, what do they call them, the, uh, the big boards. What do they, they call them out here? I know, those, those boards, they must be... I don't know. The return on those investments on those must be <laughs> must be billboards, aren't they? It's like the full size billboard. You drive around a beach and you just see, you know, you see. There's an ant. I don't even know what that is. Um, ants the black ants is a pie. It's you swear. Yeah, you swear. Yeah. Okay, so ants are the swear, but there's no there's no label. There's no message. Just an ant. If you don't know, yeah. you're not going basically. And then uh, there's the black coffee, and then there's the uh, there's the Pasha there's the Pasha logo, but. It, even billboards are still playing an important part of event marketing. So uh, you know, it's it's about mixing it up. I know it's I know it sounds mad, but it I, when I get off the when I get off the aeroplane in a beta, there's two things that catch my eye. One is the advertisement, usually for the uh, is it a Hard Rock Cafe on the back of the EasyJet uh, mm -hmm. ticket, 
That's that. They buy the entire schedule every year. Those those guys. They got a lot of money. And then when I get off the plane, the first thing I do is look at those billboards. So uh, it sounds crazy, but I it's uh, part, of, you, part of the do, experience. Do you still look at them? Oh, because whenever I get in the car, and I've wondered at the amount in, in the car in Ibiza, because I get in the car and I'm usually checking through my emails and checking what's been going on in the world and checking, replying to WhatsApps and replying to Telegrams and replying to things that have happened on the plane that have, that have just not happened. And I literally not looking at my phone the whole time as we drive past those those billboards and never see any of them. I, uh, I'm always, when I come to Ibiza, I'm always going to be here a little bit longer than I'd like to be mentally. And I always like to find one <laughs> night that hasn't been, hasn't been dis defined. There's always that, you, you know you're going to space or you know you're going to DC 10 in the daytime, but I'm always looking for that one event from someone referring it off from those billboards that's uh, that's that's going to be a, a wild night. So yeah, that's good to the know. Wild that's, good, that's good. That's good to know that that they are still being viewed. Because I, <laughs> I do, I do, they're, they're, it's only me, mate. It's only me. You're you are their one viewer for that. That that, <laughs> that, that, that one view cost them probably ten thousand pounds. So that's good to know. Yeah, they can't be cheap. They can't be. They, they probably <laughs> own the land they sit on these days, though, mate. The the clubs probably own the, own the bit of land that those boards sit on. They probably do. They probably they probably are. In fact, they're probably ridiculously cheap because they're probably just the cost of the poster. And yeah. Th that's probably not that expensive anymore. Yeah, flyboarding. I was in uh, New York recently. And I saw a guy putting uh, uh, posters up on, on on derelict buildings for a nightclub, and I'm like, that is old school. I haven't seen that in a while. But uh, whatever, whatever works. Whatever I, on those today, I would probably put some sort of digital call to actually like a digital scanner thing that you can scan. That'd be quite cool. You yeah. Scan a code and then buy a ticket from there from the poster, so you can actually still have a call to action. Well, I'm still amazed they haven't got beacons in clubs. Like you go to a conference these days. The moment you walk in, your phone's getting tapped by a digital beacon, and as soon as you accept it, it kind of puts the information on for the event. I'm surprised that the, I've, I've never seen that in clubs, but I, I remember. I remember talking to uh, Ricardo Portis, who was the marketing director for Abita, uh, for Pasha and Abita, when we first did our first big deal with those guys back in the day. And uh, we always had, he always had this idea about having this kind of mobile app that you just got off the plane and you had to have. And then it would be the, the app that kind of pinged stuff to you through beacons at venues and it would tell you where the party was. And he always had this idea about an inclusive island-only app. I never, I, I'm, I'm surprised someone here, because of all the cash that flows about, didn't, didn't build something like that. But uh, I, I, Yeah, I, I, there's been a few apps for Ibiza, and they just they just seem to fall by the wayside, because they just, the clubs, all do, it. the clubs all do it straight to their own, their own websites now, and their own, their own yeah. um, you know, mobile-ready websites, which is just easier, I guess. And then they don't have to take, take a... They take all the percentages instead of just a uh, part of it, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll do a shout out to, to uh, Ricardo while we're on, on the podcast. I'll send this to him afterwards. He's launched uh, an amazing new platform. I think he just raised 23 million for it. He's, uh, he's out in Blackpool at the moment, where he's originally from, but he was, he, he's, you know, he's, he lives and breeds Ibiza, but he's, he's got a, a new uh, product on the market called Dance for One Meter. It's a ticketing platform. Uh, that sits inside of uh, Ushuaia today. And when you buy a ticket to go to that club, you, you actually inclusively buy one meter of rainforest and it stops, uh, you know, stops those guys chopping trees down in, in, uh, all over the world. So uh, he's, doing, he's doing some really interesting stuff in terms of saving rainforest at the moment. So if you see Dance One Meter or when you're buying a ticket at Ushuaia uh, or on any other dance channel that you, that you go to, you know, just pay that extra couple of dollars and uh, you get sent a digital 
meter of, uh, of, of rainforest that you actually own, which uh, stops them deforesting uh, that rainforest space today. So uh, that's uh, positive news in our, in our that's, sector. That's amazing. I didn't, I didn't realize he was doing that. That's really cool. Yeah, dance for one meter. Have a look at it. It's good. It's cool. I will do. I wonder if they should, they should do it on the guest list as well, then. Get everyone, get everyone buy, on the free guest list paying a couple of, a couple of euro for a bit of meter. Yeah, well, it's a, bit, it's a big thing. You know, if, uh, I was in Mexico and, you know, in Salomon, if, you, if you've been there, if you go there, you know, it's a beautiful place. But actually, behind, behind all the bamboo, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff. And if you look even on a map today, you can start, kind of see, you know, jungle and forest being pulled back aggressively. So, uh, mm. you know, we like to party. We like to, we like to, you know, we like to have fun. I think uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people in this industry today trying to help. And, and make the, the planet a bit of a safer place. I think that's that's definitely one to watch out for. But uh, yeah, it's all good. All good. Cool, man. Well, thank you for this. It's been really interesting. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Uh, I've had great. It's been great to speak to you and great to catch up. Awesome, great. Well, listen. Uh, good luck uh, next year, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again. As you seem to creep into my social feeds all the bloody time. Uh, I love the one in Amsterdam. <laughs> it was awesome, and uh, yeah, I look forward to more coming through. I'm trying to pump a lot of content at the moment, so it's all good. Yeah, mate, it's, it's, it's always good to see you. Thank you, man. See you soon. All right, pal. See you, bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.